0: What's going on, everybody? Hey, man, welcome to Faith Church. It's great to have everybody here today. My name is Steve Husky, and I'm the lead pastor, and it is our privilege to have you all here. To all of our Faith Church family, man, we're glad that you're in the house today. If you're a VIP, your first time here, maybe first time back in a while, we're glad that you're with us. Come on, let's welcome some people watching online. Thanks so much for tuning in. Man, I love it. We always uh, strive hard to create um, uh, environments and services that are relevant and fun because we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world, and we want to make a presentation in a way that you're open to. Man, I love having Pastor Caleb come out as Spider-Man in the beginning. My best. They asked me to do it, and like all I had was the log roll. We thought that would be less <laughs> would be less exciting. <laughs> so, Well, hey, listen, um, we are in the middle of a series that we launched last week. It's one of our favorite series of the year entitled God at the box office. And again, it's just an opportunity for us to take uh, principles that we find in these movies, leverage them to really teach what God has to say through his word. It's funny because each and every time we do this series, we have people that ask that question. In fact, maybe you're here and you're new to church, or maybe you've been in church your whole life, and you're trying to figure out like, hey, I'm, I'm confused. Why is a church using movies from Hollywood? Like, how does that fit? And here's why. We really take this cue from Jesus one of the key ways that Jesus taught in the first century is he would take things that were very familiar, things that were common in culture, things that were familiar to everyday people, and he would take those and he would leverage them to teach kingdom or God principles. And so that's all we're doing. We're taking movies because we are a movie watching generation. Come on, we got any movie watchers in the house? Whether it's Netflix or the theater, we gobble up some, some movies and entertainment. So we're just taking some of your favorite movies and we're pulling principles out that we find in God's Word and using those to help us move forward in our spiritual journey. So let me just ask this because each week I'm just doing a little movie poll. Last week we did the candy movie poll because we got some movie people in the house. If you had to pick one between these three genres, which would be your favorite? If I had to say, if it was either um, suspense action or romance? Like if you like to jump, if you like to be shocked in the movie theater, come on, how many, how many suspense people we got in the house? How many people are the action people? You need to see something explode. Those are my people right there. Woo. How many romance people? I mean, I call that nap time. How many romance people we got in the house? Well, we are in the middle of this series, and it is the action edition, so we're taking some really key movies and uh, really some uh, box office, some blockbusters, things that have become multi-movie things, and last week, we looked at Jurassic Park. Today, we're going to take a minute. We're going to look at this movie uh, called The Avengers, great movie. How many people have seen any of or maybe all of The Avenger movies? So it's a big thing if you've not seen it. Here's kind of the idea especially behind the original Avengers movie, but each one really has been kind of the same theme. Basically, the Avengers movie is about the superheroes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I grew up like loving some superheroes. The superheroes in the Avenger movies are people like Thor, like Iron Man, Hawkeye, right? All these cool guys. I grew up in the 70s and I remember like Anybody here remember, like, a, if you were a '70s kid? Anybody remember growing up watching The Hulk on TV when Bruce Banner turned into Lou Ferrigno with green paint on? And I'm just telling you, if you can put, you can spray paint your body with green paint and look like the Hulk, you're in shape. Yeah. And uh, man, I mean, I remember as a kid, I didn't have any, I didn't have any purple shorts, but I could find some tearing, some torn cutoffs. Come on, and uh you won't like me when I'm angry. Lou Ferrigno didn't say that. My dad used to say that, but that's a different message. But this movie, The Avengers, basically the theme behind the entire movie, in fact, behind the entire series is this, that while each and every one of these characters are superheroes in themselves, that in order to really do what they need to do, they have to find a way to come together. That to have the success to really, in the movie, to defeat this this global enemy, they have to find a way to fight their differences and find community, to come together, to work together. And really, I don't know if you know this or not, but that storyline is really the storyline of God. That God wants us to figure out why a lot of us in this room are super individuals. That really what God has for us, what God created us for, that we will never discover it. We won't walk in it. We won't really live it unless we learn to walk in community until we discover relationship and connection. In fact, this is the way the story starts all the way back in Genesis in the perfect paradise that God created. God said this, every voice, come on, shout this with me. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man, what, to be alone. He said, I'll make a helper who is just right for him. So think about this. God said this, he said, hey, it's not good for man, what, to be alone. Now I know maybe right when I say the word alone, you can think about all the friends you have, We live in a social media society. We are gobbling up Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all all these things that are out there. And you can be tricked into thinking you have a lot of friends. I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. But let me tell you, if I'm moving tomorrow, I'm not having 5,000 people show up at my house. That's how you know how many friends you have. Announce you're moving. See how many people show up. I got three friends. That's all I got. Right when we have, when we talk about friends I'm not talking about the people who know your name I'm not talking about the people you conversate to on the way on the work. I'm not talking about the people that like your picture on Facebook or Instagram. I'm talking about the people who know your struggle, the people who are on your side, the people who are encouraging you, the people who are fighting in your corner. Yeah. I'm talking about the people you can call at 2 o'clock in the morning when the world's falling out. I'm not talking about when I'm talking about the person who's running in when everybody else is running out. If we're honest, there's a lot of us in this room. We don't really have a lot of deep, good, healthy friends. Let's just be honest. And so God says, hey, if that's you, I'm not talking about acquaintances. God says, I mean someone that really's in your corner. Someone you can have an honest conversation with. God says, if you don't have those kind of people in your life, what does he say? It's not, shout it, good. Let's talk about what it means to be not good. I just read a poll this past week, USA Today. It was written on Tuesday, read the article USA Today announced a stat that this is true, that since 2014, calls into suicide crisis hotlines have doubled since 2014. Twice as many people in 2018 are struggling with and reaching out to suicide crisis centers. Now, you may not know this. There's a lot of things that drive people to consider suicide. Besides mental Ill- illness, the, the number two, uh, first two things that people deal with that drive them to consider suicide are this. Number one, feeling overwhelmed, and number two, feeling alone. Feeling like you don't have the answer to, to, to kind of fight through what's on your plate, to get through what's overwhelming you. But one of the number one reasons is people feeling like they're alone, that you can be on a campus with thousands of students and feel alone. You can sit in a worship center with over a 1,000 people and feel alone. You can show up at work with tens or hundreds of employees and feel alone. And God says if you're living life alone, if you're walking through life alone, it is not good. Now here's what's crazy is the, the uh, to me the the wild most wild thing about this is God said this in the middle of a perfect paradise. When I say perfect, you got to imagine it was 78 degrees, there was a light breeze blowing, the trees were fall colors, and there was a little bit of snow on the sidewalks. Like is this the perfect of four seasons? Listen, if you ain't had some snow, I'm from snow baby. It's perfect. God had a perfect relationship with man. I mean, everything was wonderful. And in the middle of a perfect paradise, God still looked and said, you know, there's something missing. Which means you can have a great relationship with God. That means your bills can be paid. That means you can have a great job, a great career. That means you might have just finished your degree, but if you don't have people in your corner, if you don't have connection, we're in trouble because God created us for connection. We're better together. And God said, if it's not happening in your life, it's not good. In fact, I would say it this way if you're taking notes. Our connection is key to our progression. Like, what I want to tell you is that you can never experience life. I believe this with all of my heart. You can never experience life on the level you were created to experience it, living it alone, living it in isolation, living it without people in your corner. Yesterday, Pastor Ryan and I and uh, some of our family members and another family from our church, we went out on Smith Lake. And you know how it is, man, when you're being pulled by a boat on a on inner tube, and there's someone trying to kill you. They act like they're your friend, but they're not. They want to see if they can sling you off and hurt you. That's what's happening. I'm telling you, man, we are bouncing on this inner tube, and I'm laughing so hard. I'm crying. Anybody laugh so hard, your stomach hurts, like you got an ab crunch workout? Um, Man, we are crying. Listen to me. You can't have that level of laughter and fun without friends. If you're laughing like that alone, someone will put you on Paxil or Prozac. You can't succeed alone. You can't live to that level alone. I just want you to know, God told Adam this right after he made Adam. God said, listen, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. You can't be fruitful and multiply alone. Come on. And so if Adam couldn't fulfill who he was and why God created him alone, then what makes you think and what makes me think that I can do life alone? And yet we live life at a pace that makes us live it alone. In fact, I would say this, there's a few reasons that if you're here and you don't really have people in your corner, you've not made time for a relationship, you're not really connected to a group of people or a person that has your back and you have theirs, here's probably why it's happening. Number one, we're too busy. We're just too busy in life. We live at such a hectic pace right now in this time and in our nation. And when you get too busy, the first thing we typically shuttle in life is our relationship with God. Like, let's be honest, if I was to ask many of you in this room, if you're a God person, if you're a Christ follower, if I would say, hey, man, how's your walk with God? Like, tell me about your devotion life. Are you praying any? Like, when was the last time you read your Bible? I've never talked to anybody that says, I don't want to read anymore, and I don't want to pray anymore. But what I find is, and in my own life, sometimes I'm challenged, I say, man, I, I'd like to pray more, but I just don't have enough. Man, I get up early, and I get, like, as soon as the, my feet hit the floor, like, I'm running. And I run, run, run all day long. And like, I, my, man, when I get home, I'm exhausted. Like, So the first thing typically we shuttle when life gets too busy is relationship. First, our relationship with God. And then we start shuttling our relationships with people. How many of you in this room have said to somebody in the last week or two, hey, we need to get together? And you haven't got together. Do you know why? Because life's so busy. But again, when you look at how God created us, how God created Adam all the way in the beginning, He created, he gave us three things out of the gate. The very first thing God gave us was responsibility. We talked about it last week. God wants us to have responsibility. God wants us to take responsibility. The second thing God gave us was relationship. God created Adam a helper, and then God gave him rules. So God created us like we need those three things in our life to succeed and live life to the highest level. But it's crazy, we get busy, and the first thing we shuttle is relationship. Jesus, people came and asked him this question. Hey, like what's the, what's the most important commandment? Like how do we please God? Like what's the, if, we could, if you could narrow it down to one thing I need to be doing, what do I do? Do you know what, you know what Jesus' answer was? It was relationship. Yep. He said, love God and love people. Get relationships right. But man, it's crazy because that's often the first thing that we shuttle. I, I remember, think about this, when you're a kid Nobody wants responsibilities when you're a kid. Like, making your bed, no. Nobody wants to mow the lawn. Nobody wants that. When you're a kid, all you want to do is do what? Like, you want to go out and hang out with your friends. Everybody wants to go play. But it's a parent's responsibility to teach your kids, right, responsibility. I remember as a kid, like, a lot of times on a Saturday, my dad would tell me and my two brothers, like, before we could go out and play, we had to stay home and work. And it was brutal. It was like, uh, it was like, a, it was like a concentration camp on Saturday. <laughs> It's like oh i mean like it was mowing the lawn in hindsight it really wasn't that bad but in the moment and i remember our friends would come over on their bike and then they would just sit there and watch us work like waiting for them to get done. <laughs> in my dad like we'd be distracted and so my dad would always run our friends off listen they're they're gonna be here for like two hours you need to leave and come back and i remember i used to hate it so while relationships watch this while relationships as kids is easy we had to learn responsibility but you know what's wild We become adults and all of a sudden we own responsibility and we shut a relationship. We get so busy working and going to school and like we do all this stuff and we forget. We need both. And if you're too busy for relationships, you're too busy. In fact, there's a, maybe some of you guys have seen this, it's been around a long time. It's called Stranded Island. It's an exercise that corporate uh, corporate places do to kind of teach teamwork and way of thinking. And basically the premise behind this team exercise game is they'll put a group of people together and they'll give you a list of 20 things. And they'll tell you, you're about to be stranded on an island and you can only take 10 of these 20 things. You've got to figure out out of the 20, what's the 10 you're going to take. And they'll list things like a uh, 15-foot piece of rope, a 20-square-foot piece of plastic, a signal mirror, army rations, the fishing pole, 15 gallons of water. And what you find out is I need all of them. And they're like, you can't have them all. You have to decide which ones you take. You can only take 10. What 10 are you leaving behind? And it's your your survival is dependent on making the right selection. So the exercise is to get people talking and working. Here's the funny thing. Do you guys know we play this game every day in real life? Your life only has room in it for so much stuff. Your calendar, your schedule only has room for so much stuff. And we have to decide, what are we gonna take with us in our journey? And we have responsibilities and we have careers and we have work and we have school and we have kids and we gotta mow the lawns and we gotta clean our house and we gotta run our kids to practice and we gotta show up for work. And we got relationships and we got hobbies and we like to go on the river. And I want you to know, all those things are important, but I want you to know, sometimes there's not room in our life for everything. So you have to decide, what are you going to sacrifice? And relationships should not be an option. God said, it's not Good to be alone. And so we got to make sure that in a busy life, we're still making room for relationship. Another reason I think we're not in relationship or in connection, because we're too private. How people here got a secret you don't want anybody to know? I want you to lean over and whisper it to the neighbor next to you. <laughs> right? No. No, if they knew, if they knew my secret, if they knew what I struggled with, if they knew my addiction, they knew my habit, if they knew, like our, our, we think this, we ask the question, what would happen if people found out? We're asking the wrong question. The question isn't, what would happen if people found out? The question we ought to be asking is, what's going to happen if people don't find out? Here's why because you know god's word tells us this james said listen that if we'll confess our sins to each other We're going to be healed and that doesn't mean we run around to everybody our business But people we know that are our friends and care about us We need to find somebody we can tell our struggle to because when we tell our struggle to somebody We got someone to hold us accountable someone to help us fight the fight someone to pick us up when we're down Come on anybody here in this room needs someone in their corner to pick you up and to help you out yeah. And so sometimes we're too private I think not just how busy we are and sometimes not just how private we are. I think sometimes we're too independent. I got this. Like all the men in the house, like I don't need nobody. I got this. I got this. Like we're like the incredible Hall. Like if you're the person that goes to the car and you got 27 bags from Walmart, don't you hate when they would put like one item in a bag? If you work at Walmart, it is your mission this week to change the bagging model of Walmart <laughs> International. Pop tarts, oats. Like, come on, put some stuff. But maybe when you go to the car and it's time to carry the groceries and you feel like you got to get all twenty-seven bags in one trip, you got like five on each arm, you got some on your legs, you got some hanging on your ear. I got it. Don't know. I don't need no help. Listen, here's what's here's here's what's wrong with the mentality of I don't need anybody in life. I got this. God, because he in the beginning said it's not good to be alone. So if you think I just don't need anybody, I don't don't need anybody to know my business. I don't need anybody in my corner. I'm good doing life alone. I'm okay. Here's what the wisest man, apart from Jesus, ever said. Solomon, who wrote the book of wisdom, Proverbs, this is what he said in the book called Ecclesiastes. Chapter four, he said this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. You know what he's saying is? Your, your success is dependent on your connection. He goes on, he says, uh, if, each other, he said, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Again, he's not saying if you fall. Listen, here's, I don't know if anybody's figured this out. In life, it's not a matter of if you fall. It's a matter of when you fall. It's a matter of when you get discouraged. It's a matter of when you give up. It's a matter of when you want to walk away. It's a matter of when you want to get a divorce. It's a matter of when you want to wash your hands with the situation. It's a matter of when you want to quit. Anybody here in this room ever feel like you were down and out, but you're thankful you had a friend to come and pick you up? This is what Solomon's saying is, if you fall alone, who's going to be there to pick you up? So who's the person in your corner? who's not just there to pick you up, who's the person that even know you fell? Solomon says, man, if you're doing it alone, you're in trouble. In fact, he goes on, he says this. He says, likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone, watch this, can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Again, it's not a matter of when you get underneath attack from the enemy. It's a matter of when it happens, are you, do you have someone... Has your back, someone watching your six, someone who's there to help you. It's not a matter when the attack comes. It's not a matter of if it happens. It's going to happen because the enemy's looking to take everybody in this room out, to discourage us and to defeat us and overwhelm our marriages and to keep us out of the game. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And Solomon says, hey, if you're fighting that fight alone, you're going to be defeated. But if you have someone that has your back, if you're doing life together, if you're connected, He says, man, your level of success goes up. That's for all the people, if you're here and you're not even a God follower, you still need friends. You still need people in your corner. But for the God followers, the Christ lovers in the house, he says this, he says three or even better. He's saying that third cord is Jesus. Anybody here thankful that we got a savior who never gives up on us? We're thankful that we got a savior who's our victory, who's our battle. He goes before us and he goes behind us. He's our shield and our rear guard. He's more, come on, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Is anybody grateful for a God who never gives up and who's always there? That's the third cord that needs to be in our rope of life is we're doing life with other people and we're doing life with Christ. It's not enough to have one or the other. We got to have both. And so the question is this, like, so we know that what God's called us to is relationship. And there are some reasons. I think your reasons might be very similar to mine. We are too busy. We are too private. We are too independent. Is it an option? If you're a Christ follower, relationship's not an option. In fact, here's the way Paul said it. The apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, you're going to find that a lot of times he talks about this topic of connection being connected to people, being connected. He calls us as the church. He calls us the body of Christ. He says, you need to be in the body. You need to be part of the body. And he has the same conversation in Ephesians chapter four. He says this, he says, therefore, I prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Everybody say, for I've been called. I'm not the only person in this room called. Every one of you in this room, you've been called by God to do something great with your life. God put breath in your lung and purpose in your spirit. So you wake up and you take the world by force because you got meaning, you have purpose, and God destined you to do something great with all your years on planet Earth. You've been called. You've been called. And a lot of times I think in church, in this church world, like we just think we're called to stop doing stuff. And that's part of the battle. Come on. Like, when you first get into church, like, you start figuring out there's some stuff that probably can't go with me in the journey. Like, you can't go clubbing Saturday night and hang out Sunday morning. That's why we have an 1130 service for people that haven't figured that out yet. Come on. I'm not saying that at the 1130 service, by the way. That script you got that they didn't get. Like, right, we figured out, you know, man, I probably should live that way. I probably need to to tone it down. I need to cool my jets. Like, that probably doesn't honor God. I need to stop. But here's here's the reality. I want everybody to know this. God's not just called us from something. God's called us to something. God hadn't called us just to stop doing stuff. God's called us to start doing stuff. God hadn't just called us to leave a life behind. God's called us to brand-new life in Christ, to live a life, to live our calling, to live with purpose. In fact, you go through Ephesians chapter 4, and he starts telling us some stuff. And he says things like this. He says, hey, you, you who used to steal, don't steal anymore, but now be generous. So don't just stop stealing from people. Now intentionally as a Christ follower, look to be a blessing to people. Look to help people. Look to, be, uh, look to, look to help people get to that next level. He says things like this. He says, if you used to lie, come on, some of you still lying. He said, for you that used to lie, don't lie anymore. You're not just called from something. You're called to something. He says, now, he says, I want you to speak truth to people. Look for conversations you can have to speak truth to people. And truth is not, baby, you do look too big in them jeans. That's not kind of true. ain't talking about that. So if you used to steal, don't steal anymore. Be generous. If you used to lie, don't just stop lying. Right? Start telling truth. Then he says this, if you used to cuss, oh, here we go. He says, now stop cussing, stop using filthy words and start using words that build up and encourage, like intentionally give your words a mission to bring life to somebody, to help somebody. So it's not just what we're called to stop doing, it's what we're called to start doing and we are called, every one of us in this room, come on, everybody say, I'm called. called. You're called. Well, what does the calling that we have look like? Well, that's the rest of what he has to say. He says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other the whole context of this conversation that he's having with us is this, each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. What our life should look like as Christ followers, as God people, as people of faith is we're called to an each other life. We're called to do life with each other. We're called to have each other's backs. We're called to be there for each other, to fight for each other, to encourage each other. Now, here's the crazy part. You know what's keeping a lot of us from connecting? Because let's just be honest. There's some people that get on our nerves. Man, I gave you all a great place to say amen. There's just some people that get on our nerves. Listen, if I pastored everyone I like, this church would be four people. Come on, help me. Listen, some of you were in a connect group and you went to the connect group but you stopped going to the connect group because you liked three of the couples but that one couple went there. Come on, we ain't naming them and if you don't know who it is, it might be you. Come on, right? Some people just, we just, I'm like, some of you here, the reason you don't connect is like, I don't like anybody. Everybody gets on my nerves. Everybody rubs me the wrong way. And you know what Paul says? Paul says it's so important that you connect. He says, he says and there's going to be friction. There's going to be stuff that keeps you connecting. And he says, it's not up to them to change. It's up to you to make allowance. In fact, I would say it this way. Watch, don't disconnect every time they disappoint. Don't walk away every, some, every time someone doesn't do what you think or act the way you think. He says, you got to be the bigger person if you're going to stay connected. I know for me as a pastor, like, it's a, this, this is a challenge that I have. You know, there's, there's. sometimes I'm walking through Walmart, and I'm like, oh, there she is. <laughs> if I go down that aisle, I'm going to be here. Ice came for milk. I'm going to be here till Jesus comes. <laughs> but she's seen me. <laughs> I got to call my wife, baby. I know I was going to be home in five minutes, but it's probably going to be a while because she's here. <laughs> and I got to make allowance. And you got to make allowance for me, and I got to make allowance for you. I'm just telling you, it's, it's very easy in life to write people off. If you're connected, people will hurt you. People will disappoint you. People will say something that you said don't say, and they're going to say something, and it's going to get back to you. And there's a lot of reasons in this room. Some of you aren't connected, and they're good reasons. Like I got married, my wife cheated on me, my kids don't listen to me. Man, so many friends have stabbed me in the back like I'm done. And God says, yeah, 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 but listen, listen you got to make allowances because if you don't make room for them in your life, you'll never have the level of life that I have for you. So God said, listen, you got to make allowances. Stop just walking away every time someone disappoints you. And then he goes on he says this. This is so big. He says, make every effort. Everybody shout those words. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Do you know why we got to make every effort? Because it's not automatic. Everything in this world is fighting against you staying connected. Your schedule and sometimes your attitude and your personality, it fights. And so he's saying, if you're, he said, it's not good to be alone. I created you for connection. But if you're going to have connection, it's not going to be all, like you have, you have to fight for it. You've got to work for it. In the storyline of the Avengers, if you saw the original one, like the bad guy in the movie is Loki. Don't you love it when the Hulk pummels Loki? Yeah. Like, I mean, I got that junk, like, on. I got a gift that just keeps. Mm. But the bad guy, here's what's crazy is so, this guy, Loki, he's the bad guy. His goal is to allow this alien army race, the Chitari, in to defeat planet Earth so he can set himself up as the king. And he knows the only way he can do that is to take the Avengers out of the picture. And so even though this whole thing, the climax is like the last 20 minutes to fight, the whole, you know what the, really the whole movie is about? The whole movie is Loki trying to keep the Avengers divided, trying to, keep, trying to keep Stark from liking Bruce Banner, trying to keep Thor from connecting. Like He's trying to create this tension because he knows his success is dependent on their failure to connect. And I just want you to know something. You may not be on board with me here, but as your pastor, I want you to know where I stand. I believe that there is a real enemy that's fighting in this world, that's fighting and keeping people broken and depressed and distressed and keeping them in a suicide spirit and keeping them from living the life that Jesus came to give us. And I believe that Jesus is the hope of the world, and he's given us the church. That as we work together and love together and pull together, we are the difference maker. And the enemy's trying to keep us apart. He's trying to keep us divided. He's trying to keep us discouraged because he knows his success to overwhelm the world is dependent on us not keeping connected. So the more we connect, the more we have success, the more we defeat our enemy. It's not an option for us to live life divided. It is necessary that we hook up, that we hang out, that we love each other. We put our arms around one another, that we find friends that are in our corner and we we're in theirs because we are better together. Come on. Now, I'm going to tell you this. As a, as a church and for all of your pastors and leaders here, we do this. We make every effort to try to create environments where you can be connected. If you're not aware, we say it every week, that our vision statement here at Faith Church is to reach people and to connect them to God and others. And we do that. Like, we don't, we don't have to buy costumes and have people swing in, and we don't have to do it. We can just kind of do church like everybody else does. But We go the extra mile, and we push the next level because we want to create environments and create experiences where everyday people can come and feel like, hey, I, that makes sense. I, I relate because we want to reach people, and it's not enough for us to have the 99. We're going to keep pushing after the 1. But here's the crazy thing. It doesn't matter how many people we reach. You know what determines our success? how many people we connect and so as a church we work to connect people we have something here a lot of you know it called connect groups and we have fall connect groups and spring connect groups and we have summer groups we have bible studies and we have prayer groups and we have knitting groups and we have disc golf groups and we have running groups and whatever you want to do we got a group for you and we don't just have groups we have we have serve teams I'm going to tell you something about our serve teams. Our serve teams, the goal of our serve teams is not just to get a job done. It's another way for us to build a team that you can be a part of that someone knows your name, they know if you're here, they they you can tell their story. If your mama passes away or you get sick and you're hoping in a church this large that I find out and you get a phone call from me, you're going to be waiting a while. I'm just going to be real honest. Because in a church this size, you can show up, sit down, and leave, and no one ever know you're here. It's easy to hide in a large church. But if you want to be connected, listen, while we're doing all we can, you got to do all you can. Because we can program it, and we can schedule it, and we can budget it. it. We can make every effort on our part. But until you say, I need connection, it doesn't matter. You have to want it as bad as we want you to have it. And God's called us to walk in it. And so, man, I'm just telling you, listen, our serve teams are an opportunity for you to get connected with a group of people who know your name, who know what's going on as you share, people who can do life with you. Again, our connect groups, whatever it is. But I just want to challenge, listen, find some people that you can do life with. It doesn't even have to be here. But find some people that you can get in their corner. He goes on, he says this, he says, watch this, he says, for there is one body, there's one spirit just as you have been called to one glorious hope in the future. It's like this idea like, of just focus and unity, like with just one, like we got one purpose. And so I think part of this is like, I think we ought to be intentional with the relationships we have. How many of you in this room, you had you were hanging out with somebody as a teenager your parents didn't want you to hang out with? Like your parents kept telling, like, you can't hang out with them, they're gonna ruin you. They're going you know, you're gonna get involved with some stuff. And so your parents knew. In hindsight, how many people know your parents was right? Come on. Paul said it this way. Paul said bad company corrupts good character. Mama said it this way. You are who you run with. Now, here's what's crazy is we know as as kids, like as parents, we give our kids wisdom. Hey, be careful who you run with. How many people know we don't apply that same wisdom as adults? Like we just hang out with whoever. I think we ought to be intentional with who we hang with. We ought to put ourselves in groups of people who have the same purpose we have. People who want to have a, a strong relation with the Lord. People want to make a difference in the world they live. And then he goes on, and I love this. He says this, for you to understand your purpose. He says, however, he's given each one. Everybody say, I'm each one. each one. He's given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. It's kind of like the superheroes, right? Like every superhero has like a different power. They did a poll of if you could have one superpower, what would it be? The number one on this particular poll that I read was teleportation. I'm like, heck to the yes. I mean, imagine, how many of you here would like to not have to fight the traffic to get to the beach? Like, you just teleport there. I would teleport in between services. I would come out more tanned, service one, two, and three. <laughs> like, just teleport there. We're not. And then there were things like this, uh, fly, flight super strength, super speed, telekinesis, moving things. One was the ability to read people's minds, which no husband wants their wife to have that because you'll realize we're really not thinking about anything. Right? Hi, people here. I want you to think of a gift. Think, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Tell somebody next to you real quick. If you could have one superpower, tell somebody. Speed, flight, strength. See... I want you to know, listen, you're not going to fly unless you're on a plane. Super strength, you might be stronger than me, but like super, nobody's got it. But I want everybody to know something. Listen, this is so important. Because so far I'm telling you about you, you, you. You need a connection. You need a relationship. You need people. Here's what God wants us to understand. It's not just what you need. People need you. The reason we need Connected is because people need you. What God is saying is God is saying, I've given every one of you different gifts. Some of you have gifts of generosity. Some of you have gifts of encouragement. Some of you have gifts of wisdom. Some of you have gifts of service. Like you just love helping people. Some of you have gifts of hospitality. And God says, I'm not giving anybody all the gifts. Because then you'll do life alone. God says, I'm going to give you one and you one and you get two and you get three and you get one. But God says, as you pull together, like we benefit from each other. Like sometimes, listen to me, sometimes we need people to be generous for us. And sometimes I need someone to serve and we need people to give with. Come on, like we need each other to live at the level God has for us. We can't do it alone. That's what this church is about. I love this to think about this each and every week that we have all these people with all these gifts show up, and we have people with the gift of hospitality that love to shake hands and hug necks, and we have people with the gift of singing, and we have people with the gift. Come on, all across people who love babies and creative gifts on production, and, and all this. And all of us, we show up on a Sunday and we pull all of our gifts together and we pull off a service where people experience life change and where God is glorified. I can't do that alone, and you can't do that alone. But together, we are changing a society and a culture, and we're changing the world because we figured it out the problem is we do it on sunday and then we go home some of you when this is over you're going to get up you're not going to talk to anybody you're out and you're going to go to your restaurant and sit at your table and you're going to go home and i get it you're tired and we're busy and we're private and we're independent but god said like i got more for you and you can't find it alone And there's people that need what you have. And you can't give it to them disconnected. So your circle doesn't have to be big. You just need to have a circle. You don't have to have a lot of friends. You just need to have a couple really good ones that have your back and you have theirs. Getting ready to close. He said this He said, Jesus, He makes the whole body. We're the body. Come on, somebody. We're connected with a purpose and a mission and a meaning. We're the whole body. He says, he says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. But watch only as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, which means we can't grow unless you do your part. And you won't do your part unless you're connected. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what I want you to hear. Don't allow personal preferences to make us miss community objectives. Some people are going to get on your nerves and you're going to be busy and some people are going to betray your trust. All of us will have reasons not to connect, to not make room for relationship. But if you allow your personal preferences to rule, you're going to miss out and I'm going to miss out and we're going to miss out. And there's something we can only do if we do it together. The Avengers could only defeat Loki and the the Chitauri together. We can only be a church that impacts this community, that reaches people and connects them if we do it together. So be together, people. Find somebody that's in your corner and that you're a nurse. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, I believe there's something in all of us that we want connection. We want friends. Lord, we have all these reasons and excuses that are keeping us from it. Lord, I pray that you'll tear down the walls and that, God, you'll expose in us, God, what's keeping us from going to the next level. Lord, help us be friendly and help us make friends. Help us, God, find connections and make connections intentionally, intentionally, because, God, it's not good for us to be alone. And, Father, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Listen, just for one minute, just for one minute, if you're here today and maybe you've never given your life to Christ again, Solomon, he wrote, he said, man, real success is found in that third cord and the rope of life. Like Jesus is the one who brings it all together. He, and it starts with us finding forgiveness. Bible says we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short and we can't be good enough. We can't fix it on our own. Only God made it possible by sending his son, Jesus to die on the cross, to make a way for us to be forgiven and find grace. And it's a gift like you can't earn it. All you have to do is believe that he wants to give it to you. And so before we go today i just want to give you the opportunity to accept god's gift of grace to just say yes i need god's forgiveness yeah i want a relationship with my creator and so all across this room with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here and you say pastor steve like today i want to give my life to christ i'm tired of just playing church or i'm tired of running from god like i want to be connected with my creator if you've never said yes or today you want to recommit your life to christ if you want to say yes to his grace if you want to find forgiveness that God offers you all across this room, I'm going to close in one more prayer. If you want included in this prayer, if you want to say yes to God's grace, yes to his forgiveness. On the count of three, I want you to lift your hand real high. No embarrassment, no shame. Nobody's looking just between you and God. Come on, one, two. Come on, throw your hand in the air. Men and women, if that's you, three. Come on, all over this room. Say, man, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to commit my life to serve him. Come on, all over this room. Throw them up real high so I can see him. Come on, come on, men. Come on, men. I know you don't think you need anybody, but you need God. You need His grace. Come on, ladies. Just throw it up real high so I can see him. And hold it up just one second. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. All the way in the back. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In the back my right, thank you, ladies. Thank you. All the way on the wall, I see you. A lot of hands. I'm going to pray this prayer. You can pray it your own way. You can pray after me, but if you'll speak to God. He's going to hear what you have to say. And your life's about to be changed because Jesus changes everything. So I want you just to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me to save me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin, of all my mistakes. And I receive your free gift of life change and of grace. And my heart is to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody who grieves said amen. Can we give it up for a whole group of people that just gave their lives to Christ? Hey, God bless you guys, man. Be here tomorrow or next week for week three. We'll see you guys then.